tonight. We're going to continue worshiping and we're going to go before the table of the Lord here in a moment. But tonight is our last first Wednesday. And I love Christmas. You can ask my wife. Uh, yeah, there's some nostalgia wrapped up around it. And I have every reason to hate Christmas. This is the time of the season my grandfather passed away. I have every reason to be like, this stinks. But I cannot help be reminded as a Christ follower what this moment means for me. And for all of us who carry the name of Jesus inside of our heart, without this moment of history, none of this exists. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of God's story, rewriting it for us. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this special person who was born on this special night. But we're going to start 750 maybe years ahead of time. In a time when Israel is struggling and there's heartache and it really does feel like God has left the world to chaos. And the prophet Isaiah is given a word from God to share with the people. And if you have your notes, if you're following along in the app, it's found in Isaiah chapter 9 and we're going to read it. And I just entitled this time together, He Shall Be Called, because that's what the prophet is going to tell us is going to happen. And it says in Isaiah chapter 9, and again, I want you to remember, this is 700 plus years before Jesus is ever uh, born in Bethlehem. It says, for us, for to us, isn't that interesting? It's Jesus came for us. Now, I, I loved it when my son was born because he was mine. We had been trying to conceive a child for almost seven years and we couldn't. We were struggling, and those of you that know our, t our testimony, and my wife, the woman of faith that she is, and the pastor who I am was like, this isn't going to happen, but she was like, we've got to fast and pray. And I remember when Jeremiah was born, I could say he was mine, but there's something about when Jesus was born. Scripture says he was born to Mary for us. He was for us. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Wow. What a true statement that is. 700 years before anything was to happen. An empire called the Roman Empire wasn't even a thought. And the Bible says that Isaiah prophesied and said, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Tonight as they're passing out communion, I want those words to just be rolling on your heart. We practice open communion here. Which means simply this, you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. The only requirement that is biblical that we find is that you have to have said yes to Jesus. And in a moment, we're going to give you the opportunity to do that. To identify yourself with this wonderful counselor, this everlasting father. And maybe those are words that you've never used to describe God. But the only requirement tonight to take communion is to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So tonight... If you want to partake in communion, please grab a cup and a wafer. And even if you're debating in your heart, I don't know if I'm worthy enough. Tonight, you're going to learn it's not about our worth. It's about the worth of this name, this name Jesus. So take a communion tonight. And we're going to go before the table of the Lord here. But these three phrases, excuse me, four phrases, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. I love the words used in, used in the Hebrew. The original word wonderful literally means 
Too wonderful for words. Such a perfect description of Jesus. Humanity's tried to understand him, try to, try to figure him out, but the idea is that he's just too wonderful for words. That's a great dis- description of Jesus in my life. There have been times he stepped in and I go, I, I don't deserve that. He's too wonderful for words. Counselor to be a guide. He came here to be too wonderful for words, to almost be unexplainable, but to lead us somewhere. This wonderful counselor. Of course, he know, we know him as Jesus, the wonderful counselor. And Jesus said, I've come for one reason. I didn't come with all this fanfare and all this to, to bring glory to my... He, he said, this is the, in the book of Luke, he says, this is the reason why I came. Luke chapter 5, he said this. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus came, this wonderful counselor came for us who were sick and hurting and broken. Can I just tell you, that's everybody. <laughs> that's everyone. You can say, I think I've got it all figured out. I've got, logically, I've got it all, you know, make sense in my brain. But the reality, deep down inside of your spirit, there is a gap. There is something broken. And Jesus said, you're who I came for. I came for the, the sick. It says this, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This season of Christmas is a reminder that Jesus, we know he, he was born, but we know why he was born. I know we talk about that at Easter time, but it's okay to talk about his death at Christmas because it's the reason why he was born. His whole purpose and God's great plan was to be our Savior, to be the gap between us and God because Jesus was good enough. And he said this, Jesus himself said, I've come to help those that are sick. So I'm going to ask this question kind of rhetorically. But where are you sick tonight? Now you may say, you know, yeah, my elbow hurts. I slept on my side wrong last night, you know. And you may have some physical ailment. And I will tell you this. We believe here at Westover that Jesus can heal those things. He's not out of that business. He's still a part very much. And he uses us to do that. That's a really cool thing about him. But where are you sick? Is there an emotional pain? Is there a spiritual heartache? Is there a spiritual wound? You know, you've tried so many different ways to, you know, if you tried this religion and that religion, you've tried everything to figure out, you know, how to fix that spiritual gap, that, that missing something in your heart, that brokenness. Where are you sick tonight? Where are you, where are you broken? Is it a relational brokenness? I've been taken advantage of. I've, I've put myself out there. I, I, I've allowed people into my life, and, you know, they've stabbed me in the back, and so I'm just, I just don't trust anybody. Is it a relational brokenness? I don't know what it is in your life, but what I read about Jesus and his whole purpose was he says, I was born to help those that are sick. And if that's you tonight or... I'm telling you, there's brokenness in my life. I still need Jesus today. <laughs> the same time and the same amount that I needed him when I was 17 years old, when I called upon him and he rescued my life. I still need him even more today. Jesus came, was born for the sick, to lead those and send back to repentance. And that's what his name, he was given that name, wonderful counselor. So I just thought about some things, some, just three simple ideas about that phrase, wonderful counselor. 
and healing. If that's what he came to do, if he really came to, to heal brokenness and, and to heal the sickness of my life and heal the sickness of humanity and heal the sickness of our world, how do we experience that? I hear people talk about it. I hear this time of year my heart's usually open and I'm, I'm usually more responsive around now because of the, you know, just the nostalgia of it. How do I experience the, the healing that this Jesus offers? Just three simple things I just want to point out and that he said about himself and how to do this. Number one is simply this. When, when we're experiencing healing, when, when we want that kind of healing that Jesus offers, it requires something of us. It requires us to be brutally honest with the counselor. Have you ever been to a counselor? I have. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. Y'all are crazy, so sometimes I, I need some, somebody to talk to too, all right? Uh, ministry's a little tough sometimes, so I need to go. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, but I've sat in a counseling session. And the, the counselor will always say, you know, listen, the only way this works is if we're able to be honest with one another. Jesus stands as the wonderful counselor. He says, listen, if this is going to work, I want you to be brutally honest. God knows <laughs> when we're not. Just like the woman at the, at the well in John chapter 4, right? When she's standing there and, and Jesus is revealing himself. And it's really in scripture, the only time he really revealed himself to anybody was this woman who's of a different nationality, Samaritan, who was really looked down. I mean, Jesus went out of his way to tell her who he was. He didn't really do that anywhere else. He all told everybody else to just be quiet about it. But, but he shows up in this scene, right? If you don't remember in John chapter 4. And he asks this woman, where's your husband? And she's like, I don't have a husband. And he goes, no, 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 you're right. The guy you're living with is not your husband. You've actually been with five guys, right? Like he puts her on the spot. God knows. You can, we can come before each other and we can come before the house of the Lord and, in, in, this, in this scenario, in this setting and be like, I'm good, right? I'm, I'm fine. I, I, you know, I got, I'm shaved. I'm ready to go. I look good on the outside, but God knows the sickness that's there. We may not even admit it or even realize it's there, but God knows. And to receive the healing that Jesus said I was born to deliver, to receive that, we got to be brutally honest with him and say, God, wow, uh, I'm hurting. I'm sick. I'm broken. I have mistakes. I'm not perfect. <gasps> he said, yeah, you, sometimes you have to just be honest. I'm not perfect. And Jesus said it. This has got to be, I, I know it's, you're not even, not even sleeping with the same man. It's been He's able to just speak right to our hearts in a way that I can't or a way a counselor can't. He is the wonderful counselor. He's able to look at you and go, I know. But are you willing to be honest with me and say you know that it's not working out? Chasing just the financial race or chasing just the popularity race or chasing just the, it's not working out, is it? It's, you're still empty, aren't you? When I was 17, I looked up to heaven and said, I'm honest, I'm broken. Are you willing to be brutally honest with him? Psalms 55 says this, David wrote this, cast your cares on the Lord. He's a guy who knows how to be brutally honest with the Lord. He said, cast your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because God notices and he says, he'll never let the righteous fall. He'll never let you cast that burden and just be left out. Or, uh, he says he will sustain you reason why we don't want to be honest with God because we're afraid. What if he really knows? He already knows the real you. He already knows the real pain. Would you just open up your heart and say, God, I need you. 
This moment is about you and it's about me and I'm, I need to just lift up the, uh, take off the, the, the scales off of my heart and say, God, you're, you're invited in. I'm hurting. I'm broken. But you know, they tell us, this is sad, but this is true. They tell us that Christmas is one of the most depressing times of the year. The number one season besides New Year's, which is going to celebrate right afterwards, for suicide in our world. The time of our Savior's birth. Why? Because I think sometimes we're not really honest with ourselves and say we're hurting. We try to fix it ourselves. That's not an excuse of people who have passed away. It's just sometimes the reality is we just need to open our heart and say, God, I'm broken. And you said you came to fix broken people. I'm here. I'm open. Second thing that we do in this counseling session that I've been taught is you got to listen. <laughs> I like to talk a lot. Obviously, it's part of what I do. And I like doing it a lot, all right? And my wife tells me, you talk too much. You need to listen more. And she's right. And when you're in a counseling session, that's what the counselor will do, right? You'll talk and talk and talk, and they'll just, they'll listen. And then there comes a time where the counselor opens their mouth, and it's your turn to listen. To receive healing that God really offers, it takes us stopping, sometimes complaining, and just saying, God, speak to me. I'm listening. I'm willing to hear what you say. And I love what Luke said, uh, uh, or excuse me, Mark, he captured this moment on the Transfiguration Mountain, the most weird story in Scripture. It's weird. Just be weird. It's weird. Jesus is with a couple of his disciples, and they go up to the Mount of Transfiguration. They're going up to the mountain, and Jesus says, hey, come up here, guys. You three, everybody else has to stay back. And he goes, and all of a sudden, he reveals himself. The Bible says his clothes were so white, it was like someone bleached them. I was like, just like, whoa, that's some pretty good tide you're using there, you know, Jesus. Like, it was just this amazing moment. And then all of a sudden, Elijah and Moses showed up. Like, really? Whoa, what is going on here? And then a voice from heaven. Peter and James and John are going, whoa, what is going on? Jesus is glowing. And, and, and there's Elijah and Moses. How they knew, I don't know whether they were wearing name tags. I don't know how they knew it was Elijah and Moses, but they just knew. Maybe he had a staff. I don't know, but they knew. And they're there, and they're watching this, and they're just, their minds are going, what is happening? And Peter, only thing he could say is, oh, there's three of them. There was one. Now there's three. Jesus, you want us to build you guys' house right now? Like you, him, and this other guy? You want us to build a house for you? Like he's so stunned. He doesn't know what to say. That's what comes out of his mouth. Uh, you want me to whittle something for you and build you a home? Like he's just so stunned. And the Bible says a cloud covers them. And a voice from heaven shows up. It's God. And God says, hey, this is the man. This is my son. Listen to him. And I wonder if sometimes we can get wrapped up in all the, whoo this is awesome, this is cool of God, that, that we get wrapped up in the idea of God. And God says, no, no, I don't want you to just get wrapped up in the idea of me. I want you to listen to me. And I want you to follow me. And I want you to do what I ask you to do. And I want you to follow instructions that I've laid out for you in my word. I want you to, I want you to, do, I want you to hear me. Sometimes we can get wrapped up in the idea of who God is. I like the concept of Christianity. I just don't like the weirdness sometimes that goes around with the Christian people. Like, I like the concept of Christianity and this God who saves. I just don't know if I can. Listen, if you want to experience real healing, you got to be brutally honest. You need to listen. Because God speaks some profound things to us through his word. John captures Jesus saying this. Jesus says this. I love this. 
He says, my sheep listen to my voice. They know my voice. They, they understand and they know, they, they know me and I know them and they follow me. This is for the person in the room tonight that's like, you know what, I, I've taken a step, I've been brutally honest, but somewhere along 2016, I started trying to do it on my own. I started figuring it out, I, I, got, I got a little, little bit more confidence in me and stepped away from maybe following it. And I, maybe my church attendance went down, I don't know, but I just I started figuring it out on my own and then I found myself lost again. I'm not where I was when 2016 started, right? I'm doing, I had all these great, you know, resolutions. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read the Bible all the way through and join a ministry, join a small group. And it's 2016. It's like, I've done one, none of those things. What happened? Could it have been that we started listening to other things? Jesus said, no, one of the names given to him was Wonderful Counselor. Follow him. Isn't that interesting that Jesus didn't say, come lead with me? He said, come follow me which requires some submission in some point of our life to come follow him. Maybe along the way we just kind of stop listening. Listen to our emotions or listen to a circumstance or listen to something outside culture even. But, but tonight Jesus says, listen, I came to heal. I came to fix that was broken. And if we're broken, if we're honest, we're going to say, yeah, I'm broken. Jesus says, listen, follow me. Follow me this season. Don't follow Amazon and all the Black Friday sales and, you know, and all this stuff. Don't, don't follow. F follow me. I want to take you someplace this season that maybe your family has stepped away from. Second thing he says, just listen. Listen to the counselor. That's what you're doing. And lastly, uh, the one I struggle with the most, and I think most of us do, is we got to do what the counselor says to do. You need to take some vacation. You need to uh, slow down. You need to speed up. You, need, you know, they give us that advice we paid $90 an hour to get. You know what I'm saying? Like they gave us the advice and we pay all that money and then we don't do it and we find ourselves in the same boat. Tonight here, listen, Jesus, the story of him being born and given this name, Wonderful Counselor, is to remind us that he came for the sick. Yes, that's what that means, to guide us, to fix us, to, 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 to heal the broken. But we got to open and be brutally honest. We got to listen, but we got to do. What does Jesus call us to do? Story in John chapter 3, another weird story. He's talking to Nicodemus. They're out there hanging out after hours. Jesus liked to hang out after hours. That's what he did, all right? He liked to hang out. It's late in the morning, early in the morning. We don't really know. It could be like 3 o'clock in the morning for all we know. Nicodemus is talking to him, having this deep conversation about something's missing. And Nic Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, you know what you need to do. You need to be born again. And Nicodemus goes, that's impossible, first of all. How are we, and scientifically that's, you know, he's, how? And Jesus gives us this phrase. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. We're not talking about brokenness on necessarily a flesh part, but I tell you, Jesus can fix that too. We're talking about something spiritually going on. And Jesus looks at him and says, you shouldn't be surprised. You know what you need to do. You need to be born again. That's where real healing comes from. In this season where we understand the purpose of Jesus and his birth, here it is to be and to invite us to a new, brand new life. We call it making new around here. Making new, a brand new you, even born again. And you do that only 
by submitting to the name of Jesus. There is no other name. This is why it's so powerful. Why he couldn't give him the name Earl. He could have given him the name James. He could have given him the name, you know, Fred, but he didn't. He gave him this name Jesus because it means Savior. God saves us. God saves. That's what it means. The reality is there is no other way to enjoy this season without owning that name on our hearts, putting it and writing it on our hearts, saying, Jesus, I'll do what you asked me to do, be born again tonight. And as you hold that cup, you hold that wafer, they're symbols of a much older Jesus. Time has passed, he's sitting with his disciples. He's the only one that was at his birth. The other guys, they weren't there, but Jesus was there. He knows what this represents. This is the real reason why I was born. My cup, the blood shed for you. The brokenness that we talked about, the healing that we're being healed from, excuse me, the sickness that we're being healed from, the sin in our lives. Jesus said, no, my payment for your payment. My payment for your life. My payment for your sin. I'll take it on. I'll own it. And there was an exchange that happened. And he looked at his disciples and he said, this cup is my blood and this bread is my body which is broken. There it is again. Broken. Isaiah picked up on this again in Isaiah 53. He says, listen, here's the story. Here it is. But he was pierced for our rebellion, uh, uh, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped. So what? So we can be healed. Don't fall asleep on me. This is real. So he could be healed. That sickness that we have is healed. It's brought to, we're, we're made whole physically, emotionally, and spiritually because of Jesus. Because of him. So this holiday season, as we're going to talk about it a lot, and we're going to unpack this verse for the remainder of our time on Wednesday nights. As we grasp this name, what is it in a name? I think Shakespeare got it wrong. He said, what's in a name? By a rose, by any other name, would still smell as sweet. Yeah, but none of us can be saved by any other name but the name of Jesus. There's something special about that name, that most wonderful name. Without that name... There's no hope. But what you hold in your hand is the purpose of that name, Jesus, the Savior of the world. The Bible says on the night that he was crucified, like on the night he was born, Emmanuel, God was with them. He sat amongst them and he looked at his disciples and said, this is the new covenant. This is the real deal. This is what Isaiah was talking about. This is, the, this is why I'm here to die. So if you grab your cup and hold your bread tonight. As we hold these in our hands, we remind ourselves that the Word of God says that we're not to take or eat this. Unless we bring judgment upon ourselves or condemnation, we are to examine our hearts. Here comes the brutally honest part. Everyone here watching online, if we would say, you know what, brutally honest, Pastor Mike, my relationship with God is not he's my wonderful counselor. He's been my pain in the side. So I can't, I, can't, I can't really step into this moment unless I'm brutally honest and say I need God's forgiveness in my life. I'm broken and I'm hurting. And I know Jesus came to heal me. And the only way that that can happen is if I open up my heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. Examine my heart. Search me tonight. The Word of God says that we are to ask for his forgiveness. Take the gift of salvation and 
put it upon ourselves that we're to wear it in place of our brokenness. So I'm going to ask us to do something just very churchy. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads all over this room watching online? I know that may be different for some of us tonight. We may have come and not really understood why we're here, but you're here tonight and, and you just sense this overwhelming, I don't know, pit in your stomach, chest beating. That's the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you. Would you be brutally honest tonight and say, you know what, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but tonight I want to. I want to be able to celebrate the rest of this season understanding this wonderful counselor, this one who came to heal the sick. If you would say to me, Pastor Mike, you know, I don't know Jesus Christ, but tonight I want to make him my Savior. I want to invite him. This, this Savior who left, this God who left eternity, came down, to, became humanity, incarnate with us, God with us took my place upon the cross. It was my payment, my sin. But God took it upon himself. If you're saying, you know what, tonight I want to be, I want to be healed of my spiritual brokenness. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just say, you know, that's me, Pastor, and I, I, I need Jesus. Would you just lift your hand all over this place to say, that's me, I recognize tonight. I see your hands all over this section. I see your hand in this section. I see your hands in this section. I see your hands in this section. You can put your hands down all over this room. You're not alone. This is a safe place tonight. Jesus is here. The wonderful counselor is here. At least 30 hands went up just now. You're not alone. There have been many of us in this room who have made this decision in our hearts as well. And we celebrate with you tonight. But here's what, here's what the Word of God says. Now, you've got to listen to the Word of God. And you're going to have to do what God asked us to do. And that is to confess with our mouth. Not to me. Not to anybody sitting in this room. But to confess to the Lord to say, God, I need you. I recognize today that I need you in my life. I'm broken without you. There's, there's sickness. Call it what it is. It's sin. It's in my heart, and I need it to be removed. And the only way that can happen is by the blood of Jesus Christ over my life. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, those that lifted your hand. And for the sake of those that lifted your hand, because we're a community of believers in this room, we're a community that celebrates making new. If you're here tonight and you've said that prayer, I want you to join them tonight to encourage them. Not so they, they, they can hide, but so that they will be encouraged that they're not alone in this place. I'm going to lead everyone in this room in this prayer. But if you raised your hand, the Word of God says when you confess with your mouth that He is Lord, then you are saved. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in that moment. You're welcome to say my words. You can say your own words. The key is faith in your heart. You believe what you're saying, that God can do everything that, you just, that you're saying out of your mouth. You believe it with your heart. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. If you want to repeat after me, fantastic. If you want to pray your own prayer, cool. But let's do something as a church together. Let's, let's confess to the Lord. Repeat after me if, that's, if you're in this room and all of us in this room are going to do this for the sake of those. Dear Heavenly Father, I recognize today that I have sin in my heart and it clearly separates me from you. I'm broken without you. And, but you sent Jesus to pay the payment of my sin, to heal my sickness, and to make me whole. So today, I invite Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my heart. Change me, cleanse me, and allow me to be led by your Holy Spirit in every part of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And listen, look at me real quick. The Word of God says that anyone who does it, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, you say, you know what, 
You don't know my past. I don't, but Jesus does. And tonight, the wonderful counselor is in the room, and he's provided healing to you that I cannot provide, but Jesus can. And if you raise your hand and you said that prayer from your heart, the Word of God says that you are a new person. And we celebrate at this church about that. So come on, church. I know you got communion in your hands, but we can at least verbalize and say, congratulations. We're excited for them. Yeah. We, we are thrilled that you made that decision tonight. But that qualifies you to take communion. So welcome to the table of the Lord for the first time. Maybe some of you, this is the first time you're going to take communion. For all of us in this room, we know what this means. The Bible says on that night, he took the bread, which represents his body, which was broken so we can be healed. Isaiah quoted this. This was going to happen, and it did. He was beaten, his beard was plucked, his body was bruised, and his body was broken so you and I can have access to wholeness. The Bible says that he took that and he blessed it. So let's bless this bread together all over this room. Father, we bless this. We are thankful for your brokenness that we are able to be made whole tonight. Your stripes are our healing. Your bruises are our healing. And by your stripes, the word of God says we are healed. And so we say thank you for this. And we remember what it took for you. And so we say, bless this bread. And I pray that if there are people in this room who are physically going through something, that, Lord, healing would come to their body in the name of Jesus. They're struggling with something physical, whether it be asthma, whether it be, Lord, a pain in the foot, or whether it be got something going on in their, in their right ear tonight. God, I pray t- tonight as they leave this place, healing as they worship, healing would take place in their life in Jesus' name. We thank you for your body, which was broken. The Bible says they broke and they ate. Would you take with me all over this room? The Word of God says in the same way they took the blood, which represents the new covenant, his sacrifice. His body was broken. is amazing. We have access to healing. But without the bloodshed of Jesus, the salvation wasn't available to us. We're still in a perpetual cycle of dysfunction. But Jesus' sacrifice is what allows us to be free tonight. Amen. Jesus' sacrifice is what allows us to be made uh, spiritually whole, back in a relationship with God. The Bible says they took the cup in the same way they took the bread and they blessed that. And we're going to do that all over this room. Would you take the cup? We're going to bless this together. Father, your sacrifice on that cross is our healing. Your sacrifice on that cross is our salvation. Father, this was why it was a holy night. This is why you came to pay the payment that was ours and you took it upon yourself. No, we don't deserve it, but you did it with grace and you did it with love. And Lord, tonight we remember what this whole season is about, the beginning of the end of your life that you were willing to sacrifice for us, God. And tonight, over 30 people are saying that they've made a commitment to follow you, to be the Lord and Savior of their heart. And that would not happen, God, without this blood sacrifice. And we're thankful for that. In the name of Jesus, it's what ties us all together. You, your name, your sacrifice is you, God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And the Bible says they took and they drank. Would you drink as a remembrance of Christ and what he did for us on the cross? Awesome.